The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. I'm Coach Larry. Matt Keo, my co-host, is not here today, but we've got some special guests. We've got the state qualifying, the state 4 by 8 relay, a mem- members of the NFL champion Kenmore East track and field team. We have Sydney and Henry Morris, Andrew Rowland, and Josh Alderman. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey. Hello. Thank you for having me. No problem, boys. Um, again, I know you guys are loud in practice or whatever, so don't get, don't get nervous here. It's just another conversation, gentlemen. Um, before we get in, we're going to come in hot. Uh, I'm coming in hot. Again, I came in this with last week, but I know you guys have exams. I teach in the city. We're teaching until Friday. I'm excited about summertime finally, finally getting here. To put it in running terms, I feel like right now I'm at the end of a marathon. I've got like the last half mile, quarter mile to go, and I'm just, get me to that finish line. Get me to the finish line. It's been a long school year, a fun school year, but a long school year. Um, And I know Josh and Andrew, you guys are graduating this year, so you guys got to be super stoked. Can't wait. Saturday. Saturday. Saturday's graduation. Um, what's the plans? Josh, we'll start with you. What's the plans for the summer next year? Um, I'm going to start at uh, NCCC for oh, – right. Mm-hmm. You're right. good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start at NCCC for um, uh, physical education, and then I'm going to try and transfer after two years to uh, Brockport to try and keep pursuing the physical education, hopefully get a job coaching next year for track and field at Kimmerese. So. Absolutely. So another uh, another phys ed teacher. Now, did you talk, did you work on the whistle twirling yet? Did you work on that? You know, that's, that's, it's a, it's a tougher, that's like a 200, 300 level course. So make sure, you know, you do the whistle twirling yet. Um, what, what got you, what thoughts about phys ed? Like what got you in the phys ed? Um, well, I just recently got into stuff like football and uh, basketball and other sports. Um, and so I learned about football really quickly, like a lot, of, like, you know, plays, players, coaches, the history and stuff like that. And um, my thing with it is um, I just was thinking about it. And, you know, as a gym teacher, you need to know about a lot of sports. Um, and I also want to coach as well. That's the one thing that I learned with my last season on track. Um, I was being like the hurdle captain as I was able to teach people how to hurdle, like, relatively well at least and you know i just really enjoyed the feeling of having people learn from me and like what i'm doing so i was thinking maybe i wanted to coach and the best area for that would be to go into gym teaching and stuff like that therefore it's like i don't really have to worry as much like i can go from school right into the practice because it's it works and i get the summers off too so absolutely and like i know we uh you were talking with coach mativer and i you know, you're more than welcome to come back, whether it's indoor season, outdoor season. Um, 
you know, we'll definitely hopefully make that happen for next year. No, yeah, uh, I'm starting to work on the papers, like and stuff like that that I have to do, like turning that into Mr. Burke and everything. Yeah, I've been talking to him and stuff. So beautiful. Figure that out for next year. We'll definitely make that happen, Andrew. What's the what's the plan for next year? Get right up on that mic, swing it over if you need to. All right. So (laughs) I just graduated, and I'm planning on going to the University of Notre Dame to study mechanical engineering. Ah, so you're gonna be a fighting Irish. Yes, I am. Can't wait. I love it. Now, have you? I'm guessing you've toured the campus a couple times. Yes, I. toured the campus once in the summer and it was amazing like i was walking all over the place and i had tears in my eyes you know really now did you did you get to see the stadium and everything yes i got to walk right past the stadium seated up close and um i actually went back to the campus again back in april for admitted students days and i actually got to go in the stadium and i got to have dinner right at the outside windows where you can see the field Really? It was pretty surreal. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, Have you always been like a lifelong uh, Irish fan, or is that kind of just, you know, recently? No, I've been a lifelong Irish fan ever since I could remember. I remember watching the games, the football games with my grandparents, and they would, like, cheer the fight song. They would, you know, do this and that. They had the flag and the post out in the front yard. And um, ever since then, I was always just, oh, I want to go to Notre Dame, guys. And, you know, they'd always laugh at me like, ha, that's a good dream you have there. You know, if you try hard enough, you can do it. But uh, they never really thought of anything of it until, you know, I got to high school and I really started pushing myself. So, you know. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's uh, a lot of people think that Notre Dame's just a football school, just a sports school. You've got to have the grades to get in there. Yeah, it's like it's really tough, you know. I might be top tier at like Kenmore East academically, but at Notre Dame, I'm either average or below because everyone there is really bright. Absolutely, no, that's that's phenomenal. Congratulations! And what's I'm sorry, what was the major that you're going for? Mechanical or, engineering. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, that way you'll uh, you know Josh will be coaching athletes. You'll be dealing with uh, the, the proper mechanics yeah. on how to make them faster. Maybe yep. create something to make them better. So I smell a little business there in the future. Um, I also might look at some coaching, though, over the summer. Absolutely. I want to do the summer track program at Crosby Field. I know some people have signed up from the track team, or I know Dan Norton, he was on it as well. So I actually submitted my application. I talked to some people, so I'm hoping I can maybe uh, do that as well, get some coaching experience under my belt this summer. Absolutely. Um, And any little things you get coaching experience um, helps. I know my first uh, gig in coaching, I was, I think, a freshman in college, and I coached an under 10 um, house travels or house uh, soccer team in in Fort Niagara. And I mean, it was it didn't seem like anything at the time, but it's a great way just to to get your your foot in the door. Yeah. Um, So that's awesome. Congratulations, you two. Graduations this Saturday. So got to be super excited about that. Henry, Sydney, the Morrises, uh, you guys, the juniors, one more, one more year in school. But what do you guys, uh, what do you guys got planned uh, for the summer? Anything exciting? Getting ready for for senior year? Maybe doing some college tours? I just want to go um, fishing all summer. <laughs> fishing all. Now, do you have like, do you have like your little? Um, uh, any like fishing holes or special like a little places where you go or just wherever? Uh-oh. He's being, he's being uh, shy about it. He's like, I, I don't want to tell you my spot. He's like, I'm not giving anybody a location. I don't want nobody to show up there. Uh, what do you usually fish for? 
Anything it anything in particular or my favorite are pike and muskie. Okay. Bass are well known to get cuz they're easy. I was going to say bass are pretty pretty plentiful around here too. They're all over. Very cool. Um now do you do any of the fly fishing too or is it just pretty much right off the dock? Yeah, I fly fish before but it's hard around here. I was going to say it's Probably isn't that more like there. um like up Adirondack type area? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Very cool. And what are, what are, any any plans fishing with your brother or anything? Yeah, but that's only when he tells me that he's going. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been fishing nearly as much as him, but I try to go. Been trying to. Okay, now Sydney and Henry, you guys are twin brothers. Uh, first of all, I always forget who's the oldest. Like who's the oldest of you two? Me. By how by how long? A minute. A minute? Yeah. <laughs> do you? Do you Maybe rub it? Like, do you? Not at all. No? Nope. Oh, see, if I had, like, a twin, I'd be like, listen, dude, I'm a minute older than you. You better respect my authority. Like, I'd be <laughs> I'd be rubbing it in his face all the time. Um, but do you guys, like, with being twins, do you guys have, like, similar interests? Not so much. I know some twins, some friends that I have that are twins, they're the exact same. Others are, like, complete opposites. I, I would say, like, our interests are relatively similar, but... Like, our personalities are not even close. That makes sense. I was going to say, Henry, would you agree with that? Yeah, like, we like the same things, but... The way we do everything. I do the the same things, just in a different way. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So, same interests, just different... um, Strategies. Different strategies. All right. Very cool. Now, who... Between the two of you, um, who got into running first? Or did you both kind of get into it together? Both time with the summer track. With, uh, I was going to say, you had Coach Norton then. Yep. Okay. And uh, Medora, too. Oh, Coach Medora from West was there, too. Okay. Um, Did you guys both instantly go towards distance, or did one of you geared? Sprinters. You both? He was 400, yeah. I was always. You were always, Henry, you were always more of the mid-distance? Yeah, he was a sprinter. Yeah, to the 100 and 200. Really? Mm -hmm. What made you switch over to more of the distance, like the the 15, the 1,000? What was that? No, I I, (laughs) couldn't win. No, I, I actually... We both won pretty consistently, except there was one kid for who did the hundred against me. He was a year older, so he'd win every other year. When he was when he was in my age group, he would beat me. But other than that, I, it was just me and him. And then the two hundred, it was me, that kid, and Henry would race that. And Henry would take the four hundred. Okay, so it'd be like that. And then I would do like I did like triple jump. Which I was I beat everybody, but wasn't good. I was horrible. So you were good for you were good for the group you were against, yeah, but, but... I was really bad. <laughs> but then I, my mom, did, uh, she recommended I do cross country, so I joined that, and then obviously that got me into distance. Okay, because that was it was just me and uh, Justice on the cross country team. So yeah, like, I thought I was really good because there was nobody else with me other than him. Everyone else I was beating. Now, did you when you joined cross country? Was Coach Stanton there, or was yeah, it? Yeah, it was Coach Stanton and Catalano. Okay, and then Coach Mativier came in for the last, he's done it the last three years, four years? He's been, he's been all three, yeah, three three years. Okay. Every year that, like, Josh has been doing it. Yeah, uh, when I started, he came in and took over the program. Okay, and that was... Of it, he really kind of reformed it, I guess, like in a different way. He started doing more variety. It was very different, yeah. More variety um, kind of pushed you a little, pushed you guys a little bit, um, almost took it to the next level. Yeah, I think. I Co- hated it. 
my first year. <laughs> I almost didn't do it. If it wasn't for COVID, I wasn't going to do cross country the second year. But no, it's funny because I was. I mean, I'm a I'm a soccer player. That was my that was my big sport in high school. I also ran track and field. I did cross country as a seventh grader. I I loved it. If it wasn't the same season, I would have done it as soccer. I would have done it as well. But um, it was fun. I mean, I. Uh, I think my fastest time was 24 minutes as a uh, seventh grader. My brother ended up. Um, it wasn't too bad, right? No, that's a good time. It's funny because my brother, um, who was who's three years, four years younger than me, when he was coming into high school, um, well, actually when he was in uh, seventh grader, he came out for the soccer team, and I kind of was like, you know, Joey, it's not your thing. Why don't you go cry, try cross country? He was much better at cross country than I was. Like by the time by the time he finished running, I think um, as a senior he got down to I want to say he was he broke twenty number of times. I think his highest or lowest was like eighteen something, seventeen. He was I mean he was always qualifying for sectionals. Always I had kind of I had kind of peaked as a seventh grader as far as cross country. That twenty three twenty four range that was about as fast as I could go. Um, and I, it, it, once he came out to practice, I was like, "Why don't you, I knew he wasn't going to be a soccer player, so that was just his thing." Did you guys ever have like friends who kind of came out for track and field, or came out for cross country or soccer? Because um, I know Henry, you play soccer, where you just kind of like, "All right, maybe this isn't for, for you." What's that? For track. For track, for cross country, no, soccer. I tried to get them into it, and I had one. I tried to get them into it, and I had one that was like really good. Sawyer, do you know him? Okay, yeah. He was really good, and he just. Couldn't commit. Just couldn't commit? And, yeah, he just he, he's trying to come back um, this year. But. I was going to say, he's a junior too, isn't he? Or is yeah, he a sophomore? He's a junior. Okay. But I also tried to get other soccer players in, and they, like, quit halfway through. Or they never came back. But they weren't bad at it. And that's one thing that always baffled me. Like, we've, we've got a few soccer players um, that play this year. Um, but that was in – in high school, that was one of the only reasons I got into track and field because I was a soccer player. I wasn't a baseball player. So almost half, if not all, of our soccer team ran track and field just to stay in shape. I mean, we got competitive with it. Um, I still hold the school record, I believe, for the mile time, 505 as a freshman. But um, it's, uh, it was just something that you did to stay in shape. And I, it, it baffles my mind that a lot of the soccer players at East, um, I mean, we have a few, but a lot of the soccer players don't yeah. play it. Um, why do you think they, that some of them try it but then end up like quitting, giving up, just because it's not as fun as soccer? It's a different mentality? Uh, the team doesn't have like the mentality, yeah. Like, a lot of the players, they don't have that, like, they have the competitive edge, but like, they don't, like, hold it. Okay. In a big game, they have it, but they don't always have it. Now, we talked a little bit about this on the show with other episodes with team sports and, versus um, individual sports. Like, track and field is a team sport, but it's also very much very an individual sport. Um, do you guys find it um, – do you guys find it easier with, with a team sport or easier with an individual sport? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on, on team sports versus individual sports? Well, I could probably chip in because – I've played several of both. Um, since I've graduated, I've played, I believe, five varsity sports, and then I've also played one JV sport. So over the like course of my uh, time, I've been able to like kind of feel out both a team sport aspect and an individual sport aspect. And I can definitely say at the beginning, team sports are a lot more competitive 
and it really makes you want to push yourself when you're on a team and if you're down you really want to push because you know that's kind of like the team mentality but i realized if you're doing an individual sport it's either uh i'm highly motivated or i just don't have that motivation to do it if you're in a race and you're down by a couple of meters you're either highly motivated to get that win or you just don't care enough and some people treat the same thing um some people treat uh, individual sport the same way in practice if they're not highly motivated to kind of just build themselves up they probably wouldn't enjoy practices as much because it's more of a on you thing can you endure through the practice rather than can your team get better and like what a team sport would see during practice so um, I think that might be why like some soccer players might not enjoy it at first or might quit because they don't they don't feel that team aspect like that they would see at soccer practice or in any other sport. I could see that. I could see that. Um, you know, Josh, for you did more like cross country, track and field. Do you feel like you still get that team camaraderie, team camaraderie with the individual sport, or is it more of you're doing it just for yourself, almost that self gratification? Um, well, I came in to cross country because I sucked at track and I wanted to get better at it. So I, I didn't know how to train. Um, I saw my brother; he was really, really good before um, I had joined track. Like he was very fast, um, and so I just wanted to get as fast as him, and or even a little faster. And so I did cross country. And I'd say when it comes to like a team sport of cross country, for me, it was never really like team like when we were training together and practicing together we were it was a team like 100 percent. but when it comes to meets and stuff either I was running it wrong and running with somebody or I when I finally learned exactly how to run cross country I started doing it on my own so it like I started running on my own Sydney was always way ahead of me but everyone else was either like a minute or something like that behind me so I would just kind of have it in my own like area um and when I did cross country it was just I joined it. It was so hard, like training for me personally, because I was more of a, I don't know, I, I did 800s mostly, like my first year in track and stuff. Um, and that's another thing is I also did swimming as well, which oh, okay. is, I was never good enough to like really have my own individual. I did I did diving and stuff like that, but I wasn't really like a individual race swimmer. Uh, so I was mostly in relays. So when it comes to like, Separate athletes, like swimmers, very good at swimming. Other sports, sometimes some of them are just are not just so not good. Athletic. And, and that's no offense to them because they're very good at their sport. But it's just like some of them are just so good at swimming that nothing else is really like trained over. I tried to get people to do cross country, but no, no one really followed the example. So yeah, and you would think that'd be another sport that would carry over, especially with the endurance factor. No, yeah, that 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 was the thing is is when I, when COVID happened, I didn't have an indoor season, and neither did neither of these guys, and so um, I did swimming instead of indoor track. And after that, my lung capacity felt way better. Like, oh, for sure. I I felt way more comfortable running long distance, and even I was I even felt more comfortable running four hundreds and and stuff stuff like that. So like. Your time skyrocketed, too. Yeah, like in cross-country, after I did swimming, I went from, like, 20 minutes to I probably could have hit 19, but I never really did because it was never a 5K. And so when it was actually a 5K that next season, which was this year, my last cross-country season, I ran, like, from 20 minutes, I ran at 18.45. Like, 
it skyrocketed. And after that, I'd say my track career went up significantly, and I PR'd by a lot in a lot of different races. Like the mile compared to Sydney, it's not impressive. But <laughs> I ran like I ran a four minute fifty five seconds and stuff, and that's that was when Sydney was, that was sick. That was out of nowhere. Yeah, I remember. I, I kept telling like I would always tell him. Like he was his goal was always run under five, and I was like, "You can do it, but this can be the hardest thing you ever did." Like, because that's how it was for me when I first did it, and I barely broke it. And then I'm running against him, and he just passes me at like second last <laughs> lap, and I'm dying at this point. I'm like, because I'm putting everything in it, and there's a lap at about like a lap and a half left to go. So I'm getting ready to kick, and he just passes me. I'm like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> that had to have thrown you for a loop yeah, over there. And, I mean, I ended up winning that race, but it was it was. Very close. I think it was he was ended up two seconds behind me, and it was he easily broke five. It was it was, it was hilarious just, though because I was wearing this bright yellow jersey, yeah. and Sydney. I remember saying to me after he was like, "I, I saw like, this ugly yellow jersey <laughs> pass me." Yeah, I was like, I was hoping it was some kid from another school. I couldn't. And, I was really hoping it wasn't him. And when I got up to Sydney, I had no clue it was him until I got next to him. So I was like, "Am I running like really good, or is Sydney running really bad?" Or <laughs> and so. The second I ran up to him, he, like, just started speeding. Like, I passed him for, like, maybe a few meters, and then Sydney just sprinted the next two laps, <laughs> and it was over. And I was like, okay, well, I can't beat him. But I, <laughs> when I passed the line, it said 4.55, and I was like, what the heck? Like, what just happened? Because my time before that was, like, five minutes, 5.05, something like that. No, at that time, that was my best time. That was my best <laughs> race, too. I PR'd that race. Yeah, I could so. say I pushed him until we got to outdoor, and then, well. And then he, hit, he just hit another gear. Yeah, it, it was after <laughs> States. He really just got... Like, they're really good at just long distance, at 1,800, like, all that stuff. Like, he was always leading in meets and stuff, so. That's awesome. Now, Sid, when you're, like, when you're at practice, even during practice, and you're um, ahead of everybody on the team, you know, by a, a decent time, does that make it tougher to train? Does that make it, like, even where you've got to be even more self-motivated because you're already at the top or or past everybody on your own team like where where does the motivation come from henry's shaking his head he's like he's nope he's not ahead of me in practice uh oh he's not oh, it, it's, uh, it's is annoying. it it's annoying is it close uh oh it's it's makes I, the last like five practices i was ahead of him really and considering yeah. the fact that me and andrew are in those pace groups it's hell for us. <laughs> let me chip yeah, I agree. now i was going to say do you two ever get caught in between like the sibling rivalry where you guys they go out like oh, yeah. they go out like super fast and you go like oh man i've got to catch up with them again let me 100%, tell you 100% 100% i couldn't finish any workouts in outdoor <laughs> we get paces right from our coach and he goes okay stay within these paces cuz that's what i want you running and i'm like okay we'll stay within these paces it'll be a good workout Sydney and Henry run out, run like three, four, five seconds faster than the pace. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be running Me and the pace. Are always training. And, and Sydney oh. goes, it's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's every single practice. I mean, it's good because, like, you know, we're pushing ourselves at the same time. But it's also, it can be, it can be annoying. Oh, for sure. It's such a big deal. They don't got to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> now, Sid, did you ever go to, because Coach Mativier usually runs your guys' workouts. Did you ever go to him like, Coach, this is too light, Coach, this is too heavy, like, Coach, like, or is that a constant struggle where he's got to kind of pull back the reins a little bit? I don't know if it, like, was, like, an uh, issue of it just happened to be when he when he runs workouts with us, usually I don't end up finishing those workouts. He usually, I usually, he usually slow it down. Or I don't know if it's because it'd be, like, sick those days or it's an off day, but, like, the workouts when he's in there will push the pace by, like, two, three seconds every time. And we'll end up like our last our last run will still be significantly faster 
But then, like, when he's working out with us, I usually we don't end up finishing the workout. I don't know why. It's just really out. Yeah, maybe a little, a little like intimidated when he was running, maybe or I don't, I, I don't know. I think it just just happens to be the days are not good days, or maybe he purposely chooses to pick workouts that are too hard for us. I so think it makes he does. It, I, I was gonna say it's a way to push you. You know, you're with the coach. You, you know, it's embarrassing to like you know I give think... up in front of the coach. So maybe he does that on purpose. When he does the workouts with us, it's. Usually a hot day, <laughs> and you know, well, I remember when we qualified for states. The week we were practicing for it, we come in, we're like, it's gonna be an easy day, like because like yesterday was sectionals, like and it was it was like maybe a day or two ago, and we come in, and coach is like, yeah, we're doing a hard day today, and we and and it was the one, of, it was the hardest workout that I've ever done. And that was the day I think it was like it, it was well into the nineties, mm-hmm. I believe, temperature wise. Like that was a hot week. Yeah, and he ran it. I couldn't. I, I had to stop. I, I couldn't do it anymore. Mostly because the whole season, I was more training for hurdles. Like I was a four. I did four hundred hurdles. Like practicing like every practice. I was trying to just get better and better at it. So I never at really going did that over the hurdles, not under them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's a funny story. Um, when we were in indoor, I was running the fifty-five hurdles. And I was ha- I was having a good race. Like I was going. You were you were like right at the top there. Uh-huh. And I was I was like close to first. I was I was right there. I was about to qualify for like and everything for sectionals for the for the fifty five. He was like you would you would hit that easy. I get to the last hurdle. I just I don't know what happened. My body just stopped. I just fell over. And the hurdle is right in front of me. It's either I hit the hurdle and run through it or. I tuck and roll under the hurdle. So I decided I'm going to tuck and roll under this hurdle. <laughs> and so I did. It was very clean. It was one of the most athletic things I think I've ever done. I grow through it, and I jog through the finish line. I didn't get disqualified. I don't know how. I don't know how either. I don't know if maybe the like the officials just didn't believe that you went under the hurdle. They were just everyone was down, dumbfounded on the. On and the not only that, like it's not like like you didn't go under the hurdle, lay down. Like you act like it was almost like you just rolled right into the run. Yeah, I, rolled like, I rolled up and jogged through the line because I was like, "Well, that's it. <laughs> that's no. it for my indoor." What's funny part. about that? <clears throat> Your brothers actually done the same thing. It was at Fredonia, which is another indoor track, and we were running a four by two hundred meter relay. And he's, you know, he's booking it. He's probably running like a twenty two or twenty three, right? And I think he gets tripped by someone, or he like trips on his foot, and he does a full somersault on the straightaway, comes right back out into a full sprint, and still runs like a twenty five second two hundred. <laughs> he should have did a somersault in the middle of his race. It was probably one of the coolest things. And most athletic things I've ever seen him do. That's awesome. Um, now, with distance, and the only reason I bring this up is because um, during my year, especially my freshman year in track and field, um, I ran a, it was a JV invite. In fact, it was a JV invite at West. And I really shouldn't have been in it. In fact, I don't know why I was in the JV relay because I was doing varsity all year long. I think I pissed my coach off and he wanted to make me run. Um, but I was running the the 32, and I don't know, four or five laps in, I was way ahead, and I started, I was being a showboat, I was being a jerk, and every time I'd go by the crowd, I'm like waving to the crowd or like hyping them up, um, and again, by the end, I had every single team, it was an NFL JV, I had all the teams cheering, whatever, I was a jerk, I got yelled at by my coach, but whatever, I won, um, did you guys ever, like, in a distance race, even if it's during a duel, during an invite where you're, like, dominating, did you ever kind of have those, oh, Andrew's raising his hand, did you ever have those those cocky moments? Yes, it was my ninth grade year. It wasn't, it was a 400, not really a distance, but okay. mid-distance. Mid-distance. I know. 
Uh, ninth grade year, we had a lot of really good veterans on the team, a lot of good seniors who were running like 50 seconds, right? So I was either the third or fourth guy, and I got the baton with like 150, 200 meters ahead. So I was just cruising the entire time. And then as I get to the straightaway, right as I'm getting to the curve, I, like, put my hand up in the air, like, saluting everyone, like, (laughs) oh, I got this in the bag, right? And as I do that, my form messes up. I trip on my spike, and I almost wiped out on the straightaway. (laughs) I luckily caught myself, but after that moment, I promised myself I'm never going to, like, be a showboat again because that would have been the most embarrassing moment of my life. Sometimes, you know what, sometimes you need those moments, and, you know, I definitely got reamed out quite a bit by my coach after I did that. Um, And, you know, you learn. I think that's part of the beauty of sports is sometimes, sometimes doing those showboat moments cost you, and I've had many moments where it's not many, but I've had a few moments where it cost you, and other times you get away with it. And you come to think, you, you think about it later, but like, I didn't need to be a jerk. Yeah. I should have just ran my race, should have just won, and, and that's it. Um, that being said, did you guys ever have, or do you ever have, like, somebody on the track uh, from another team who's just been, like, your rival for a few years? Like, whether it's been Lockport, whether it's been Luport, or even just somebody from a, a non-NFL team, um, somebody in any event where you're just, like, Man, this guy always beats me at long jump. This guy always beats me in the in the sixteen. This guy always beats me in in triple. Like, is there any? Do you guys have uh, Josh? We'll talk about the we'll talk about the four by four that we trained for in indoor. Oh yeah, against yeah. Will Williamsville North. And yeah, we had rival. no clue. Like, they, I I was not expecting them to be like crazy fast. Yeah, because we were we were at the top of the section for our four by four all season until mm-hmm. like the third last meet. And we get to, like, the third last meet, we're running. We have it, mostly. Like, they're fast, but I'm pretty sure we still were, were we winning it. until the we very end. Yeah, we had all four guys. And we get to their last guy, and he runs this, like, a 50-second 400, and he beats us. And I think, what, was that you racing him, Henry? The first time it was Henry. Oh, the, first it was, it was me. the first time it was you, and it was the first time he was racing him, he beat us. And we were all like, what the heck? And he apparently ran, like, a 50. This kid just started track like that year like that season and that was this season that was an indoor and he was so cocky i know he was such a jerk about it like after the race <laughs> i'm walking he's like he's like i don't lose and blah blah blah, blah. And i'm like oh my god and so we're now we're worried for sectionals like we were pretty confident i'd say for most of the season to go to states and we get to the sectional meet and we're running we beat all our guys and then we get to the last guy sydney had just ran like a 52 recent like before it no my best that before then was a 50 it was a 53 it was a 50 he ran a 53 so we put him on our anchor cuz that was the fastest time so far mm-hmm. and we go out there we all beat our guys like but it was still very close i'd say like henry had his guy like they were neck and neck for most of their leg until the very end, and then Henry just kind of beat him. Like 10 meters. He had 10 meters on him. So hands off to Sydney. Sydney's running the 400. He did, would you beat him for the first lap? He I ran first an amazing lap. race. Yeah, amazing first race. lap, I, I, I kept my ground. He probably gained a bunch on me, but I, I tried my best to keep it. First lap, probably 50 meters into the first lap, he passes me, and I'm so tired. There's nothing I can do. And then I just – I actually started gaining on him. I started sprinting. Fast I can because I'm like this is not it's not about me it's about them getting them to states and then he I, he barely got me at the end and I ran I PR'd ran a 52. I was gonna say it was a close race. 
He was just that much faster, yeah. And he looks back at him at the end before he crosses the line, too. Did he really? Yeah, he did. I remember looking up, and he goes, he goes like this, and he looks at you, and then he passes the line. And I remember, <laughs> I remember seeing that and just putting my head down, and I was like, we had worked so hard all season. Like, I'd say, I'd say every workout, we were all going our hardest and working our hardest, um, and unfortunately, it just they were just better than us. And we so, never got revenge. I was gonna say you never, and because even at the, the sectionals this year, I don't know if they had their entire four by four team together, but because you know the four by eight was before that, you guys hit the state, uh, won it, and qualified for states. Yeah. Um, ran it though. Everyone else is too tired. Weird. I yeah, was we feeling great. <laughs> I felt like how I feel now. Moment before the eight hundred, there was so much stress. Like the fact that it was all gone, I didn't want to run again. Yeah, it was, and it's it, and our, I remember Dan Mativier and I, and even Coach Marconi, we we let it up to you guys. We we you know the goal was to get the four by eight to the uh, to the state meet. You guys did, um, you did it in impressive fashion. You guys left it all on the track like we wanted you to and like you had to. At that point, running a four by four, it was if you guys wanted to go after it, go after it. If you didn't, you know, I remember. Um, you guys, it was one of those races where you could tell you left everything on the track. Like, yeah. it's not like, and you can tell, you know, some relays, whether you're, if you're going against lesser competition, you can jog it at a, not necessarily jog it, but you can go at a slower pace. Um, you play, you run to your, your competition, but there, um, you guys left it, everything on the track, which was what we wanted you to do. So at that point, scratching from that four by four was, hey, it was, that it was what it was. Um, and looking, I think ha- about halfway through that race, I think when you got, uh, to the third, uh, the third leg, Dan and I, coach Norton and I just kind of looked at each other. We're like, they're not running the four by four. Yeah. Like it was, it was something like we kind of just, we weren't going to scratch you guys, but we're like, there's, there's no way they're running the four by four. I mean, you guys were in, you guys were locked in and ready to go. Yeah. We never, before that race where we were ranked fifth. Uh, either yeah. fourth or fifth. We were, I think we were fifth because we were in the, we were in the, the far lane and our time was 15 seconds slower. We were, yeah, we were 15 seconds behind the next like team. We were, we were supposed one, to get killed. I'd say. Yeah. I think it was 835 actually. It was not. It was, it wasn't our time that we ran at States. That's for, we were supposed to get killed and, but we knew we could do better. All our, all our PRs combined would have won that yeah, race. I mean, my PR alone was. Eight seconds faster than when we were in that race. Andrews was, we thought he could run a lot faster. Henry's PR was, it was, I think, 15 seconds faster. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Henry, Henry did not have a good race in our top 800, and he had, his PR was, like, significantly faster. Josh ran, like, four or five seconds These two, yeah, also. these two we thought we could, we thought they could both run way faster if they had to. It's like, we knew we had. I thought we, oh. thought we had it. I, I was caught. Once, like, once I did what I did at Russian Red, I was confident we had that no matter what. Yeah, and you guys almost led. I believe you guys did lead coast to coast, pretty much the whole, the whole way. Yeah, we lost it a few times, but every time we handed it off, it was us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yep. think that's an important part of the race, though. Like, you know, you can't sometimes always keep the lead because it was a close race. You know, it's a second sure. state qualifying championship, and it was primarily you and Clarence, I yes. believe. You and Clarence, yeah, us, Clarence, okay. and Starpoint. Yeah. And I know Starpoint passed me, but that's because of that. It gave me enough motivation to push and get that final kick. If that guy didn't pass me, 
I don't I don't know if I would have been able to, you know, kick as well as I did. And um, it was definitely a more important part of the race for me, at least. Yeah. You never know how fast you can go. Yeah. So, we all want our legs. Um, I, I started out in, what, second or third or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got to, like, the second, like, to last lap, and I just kind of, like, kicked it into gear. Like, the first lap, I, I paced on the guy because my coach was telling me, he was like, just go out there. Don't I don't want you to lead off the first lap. And so I, I ran the second lap, and I let off. I handed off to Andrew, and Andrew did his thing. It was a little scary, but he did his thing, <laughs> and he ended up running faster than me, so it didn't matter. And then, How about yours? Mine? Yeah, so um, I was actually, fun fact, I was not feeling the best uh, before this. I was feeling a little sick all week, and, you know, I had a stuffy nose, you know, the usual stuff, so... On top of that, I was stressed, and, you know, when I got the baton, I just had to leave everything on the floor. So as I'm running, right, I feel like the mucus and the phlegm get in my throat as I'm running. So at about 300 meters, I have to cough. So I'm literally running, and then as I'm running, I'm coughing in the middle of my race. I kid you (laughs) not, you know, I had to let a few coughs out. But then, you know, as I got to the second lap... You know, I started slowing down. They would, everyone would say my strides were super long. They thought I was running in slow motion. I mean, I was still running fast, but the guys ended up catching up on me. But that motivated me enough to push and end up, you know, taking first back again. And I ended up PRing by two seconds. Yeah. So it was a pretty crazy race. And when he gave when he gave me the baton, I right before it, I smiled at Sydney. I was like, we won. Uh, did you really? I did. And I, 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 <laughs> I remember seeing the video of his face. Like, and, I, and I go out there, I'm like, I'm just going to run the race to win the race. Not to PR, not for any time. I'm going to run to win. So I start off kind of slow. And at the end, the guy's like, he's coming up on me. So I, I just had to pick it up completely at the end. He almost passed me at the last I was going to say, on the, I feel like it was on like the last two, three hundred where yeah. he was, he made a, a, a bit was, of a kick. He was right next to me. Yeah. And, it looked, and, and Dan and I were even looking. We're like, wow, he made his kick way too early. Like and it was, but it was something where if he didn't make his kick early, because you had you had such a significant lead on him, yeah. where he had no choice but to make his kick early. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then we we saw you kick it in, and I wasn't gonna lose that. No, <laughs> and I get I right at the last like fifty meters, I start smiling at Sydney while I was looking back at me. I'm like, we're fine, we're fine, <laughs> we're gonna win. And yeah, it was just it was surreal, like giving him the baton and being like, I was comfortable, like his. His PR is faster, way faster than the other guy. Unless oh, for sure. Pull something out of nowhere. And then, Sid, when you got that baton with that lead, what's what's going through your head? So the kid on Clarence, when I raced him in an open race, it, it indoor, <laughs> indoor, <laughs> he beat me like really easily. Wasn't even close. So I was, he he beat you in the open race in in indoor track, yeah. And it was like so I didn't know like if he would be that good. Like in this race or what? So I didn't really know. So I once I got the baton, I started sprinting. Like I was as fast as I could go, pretty much. But I had to be smart about it. And I realized I was going too fast, but I just held it. I was like, "It is what it is. It's too late now. I'm just gonna hold it." And then my first lap was like 55. I was gonna so say you came out fast in that way first too lap. Fast. And then the second one was just everything I could possibly do to hold on. And because because my first lap was fast enough, he he had nothing left. He couldn't catch up to me. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that's all it was. Um. What was it like just getting that, getting the baton from your brother? Like, was did that kind of make it? Well, did that kind of make it feel like a little, a little more special, or, or just didn't I, didn't matter? You didn't care I who mean, you were getting it from. It doesn't really matter who I'm getting it from, except 
me and his handoffs are perfect. So that is not true. It's absolutely true. The greatest handoffs. Videos say it for a fact. Josh the, and I have immaculate handoffs. <laughs> you should have seen us at states. No. This kid so much, puts no, his hand no, in the no, air. No. Fourteen. Mi- you don't move. That's what you don't do. Henry <laughs> doesn't move. He's a brick. He just stands there. Puts his hand in the air. Fifteen. 50 meters before the line, so he he probably loses two seconds. Let me tell you. So we were running at states, you know, fast forward a week, and Josh, he's not in the lead anymore because this is states. You know, we're running against the best of the best. He is in a pack of, I kid you not, six to eight people. people. There's three. I was say you got you got packed in pretty quick. I passed nine people at the end, and then three people came right past me, and I was like. It was crazy. I'll talk about my leg in a second, though. You yeah, so he's running in this huge pack, and I need to get the baton. But there's someone in front of him. There's someone to the right of him. There's someone to the left of him. There's someone behind him. You know, he's practically boxed out. So what ends up happening is I have to, like, juke and weave around these people to get the baton. You know, right? So the first person hands off, and then, like, I jump in front. Of, I jump behind him, and then we hand off. And it was the most perfect handoff I think I've ever received from Josh. And then after that, it was just yeah, game was, on, you know. But it, it was crazy how, like, we had to like, juke and weave through all the other runners and ended up getting that baton <laughs> handed off. Yeah, and when I got to States, like, we had the first day just to, like, chill and watch everybody. Crazy. People are insane. Like, I, I, I'd never see, I, I didn't see anything like it. I went the to sprinter? indoor States to watch Sydney. The sprinters were crazy. The hurdlers the were crazy. The one sprinter. Which one? Oh, yeah. The guy who, like, the weird hair who, like, the guy who broke the meat record without even trying. And I was going to say, who won everything. And guess what he did? He didn't do that He looked the back day. at everyone when he was running. He was, yeah. like, the whole, smirking With, and like, 50 meters left, him. too. Yeah. Yeah, and he made it look effortless. Um, and so we get through the first day. I'm feeling like crap. I, I know Andrew wasn't feeling good. I don't know how Sydney and Henry were feeling. But All right. I, I got into the second day. I felt a lot better, like, from the first day. And right before the race, we're sitting in this, like, locker room, like, this makeshift check-in, like, locker room. With, like, the, with the toilet that was yeah. overflowed and there was water. There was water stalls. There. It was they doors on the stalls. It was the most intimidating thing uh-huh. ever. All these kids look like crazy runners. They look like they'll, they'll beat me. Like, I think if I'm on the line with this guy, he's going to beat me in a race. Every single one of them. <laughs> and it's, that, that wasn't the case, but it just felt like that. And it was it was – so it was so intimidating. It was crazy. Yeah, like, I was like, just sca- it was because you're in like a prison. Mm-hmm. The testosterone yeah. in that locker room. It, it was crazy. It smelled bad. I, I was <laughs> I was sitting there and we had to put our numbers on our backs and stuff like oh, that. The number one. And I had to yeah we had to put a number on our backs. Only back people in our race with number one. We're the only division one. Division yeah. one. Division one. Yeah, I was gonna say you guys were the only division one in that heat. And so we were running and um I don't know we weren't running yet. I was sitting in the locker room and like I'm worried that if they touch my back with this with the, with the Number, I'm gonna puke because I felt like I was I was gonna hurl all over the place. Do you think it was just nerves? It was or? 100% oh, nerves. I felt like tell. I had to eat, uh, and then I felt like I had to puke, and I was nervous. I wasn't talking to any of you guys. No, it's funny because I can instantly tell when a team is serious and, uh, of course, all, nervous. That was all the team. We, the locker room was dead silent. We were dead silent. We weren't talking to each other. We were kind of just in our zone. I had a smile on my face. Well, you had a smile, you <laughs> I mean, know, but I would like, have a smile on my face. People Until- just you can tell when people are taking it seriously. Like sometimes when we when we as a team know that we have this like relay in the bag, we'll joke around, you know, we'll do this and that. We won't have as much nerves. You know, especially for me when I get nervous, I am silent. Straight face, just focusing on the race. And that was pretty much everyone there. <laughs> now- I feel like there was a lot of first time 
people there. Like a lot of people, I feel like we saw a few people that were just as nervous as us. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Because you can tell who's been at states and who hasn't been on stage just based on their demeanor. Now, Sydney, having the experience of going to um, indoor states, did yeah. you kind of carry that over a little bit where maybe you weren't as nervous or were you just yeah, like, as nervous? At, in indoor states, I was freaking out. Like my legs were shaking the whole time. Like when I was warming up 30 minutes before my run, I, it was it was, and I mean, the the facility was different too, so that helped it. But I was like completely freaking out in indoor and outdoor until I was about to, until Henry was running at me to give me the baton. I I didn't care, like it wasn't a big deal at all. Like we're in the locker room, I I was not worried about it. They were freaking out. I is all right. Yeah, and I mean, it's and people don't understand that just having that that experience, even if it's just one time, yeah. running on that big stage. Um, and I know uh, myself, uh, Coach Norton and Coach Marconi came down for you guys' race. And just the stadium was just running in that that nice and that big of a stadium was just that. Did you guys find that intimidating or was it just like no. whatever, it's any other race? The stadium, I thought the, was, stadium, the stadium wasn't nice enough for it to be like – if it, it was like the indoor stadium, which was like mm-hmm. – it was a whole facility. The, the, the track was special. Like the track was like curved and stuff. This was just a track. It wasn't like the stadium wasn't really that insane. Yeah, it was just okay. big. Once you get on the track, it was no different from like the stadium that we ran at in sectionals. You know, yeah. very true. Yeah, I guess very true. Yeah, like like an indoor was like stepping onto a like a like a stage because it was like there was like stairs up to it, it and everything. There was like it was indoor was like everyone's looking at you. It was crazy, much, much different. Now just pressure. going for. Um, for states, for indoor, you went as an individual as opposed to outdoor. You went for um, a relay. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What did you prefer better? Did you have? Did you prefer going with a relay, or did you prefer like in in the individual? Well, because you went to I states mean, for the thousand, right? Yeah, the thousand. Yep. Like, I mean, for the individual, like it was, it made it easier. There was less pressure about how I did. It was also like, it was more. It was my fault how I did. Like it was at the relay. Like if we did bad. And I got the baton, and, like, we weren't near the front. It is what it is, but, like, I have a even playing field with everyone else. So it's – if I do bad, I do bad. With it, relay, I mean, there's more pressure because I got to I gotta give the team what they want. But I also – if we do bad, it's not all my fault, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. You're relying on, you're relying on your teammates too. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want them to let you down, and you don't want to let them down either. Now, as far as um, who runs what leg – is that something that uh, Coach Mativier set for you guys? Is that something that you guys talk to each other and set your legs? Like, how did it come around? Come about that? You know, Josh ran first, uh, Andrew ran second, Henry ran third, and Sydney ran fourth. I feel like we kind of just mutually under like agreed on what our lineup would be, and Coach liked that. You know, I would tell. I mean, Josh kind of knew he would always start. I always wanted to go second. Henry always seemed to want to go third, and we knew. Henry always wanted to anchor and everything. But Henry, Henry, you would you wanted to anchor. I love anchor. Okay. He should be better though, so it's So that was just that was more like all right. You've got a faster split. You anchor. I'll go third. We basically ran the same time. He could have anchored. Okay. Did you guys ever at any point in the year switch that role, or were Sydney? Were you always? Were you always the anchor? Yeah, I used to be. Okay. For indoor or for outdoor or for I have I was for years. Every every relay that I was remotely the fastest in, I would be out anchor until like outdoor this outdoor season he was always the anchor. 
Okay, so this was so then you guys before were flip flopped where Sid you would always have the third spot and Henry you would always have the anchor before this year. Yeah, I always said I just don't want to start. That's all I cared about. I mean, and I still that's all I care about. You know, it's funny. So many amazing races where I'm like, where I, I they, the times themselves weren't amazing, but like just I I have so many like stories from me coming back from like crazy deficits that like some people probably would have given up. So yeah. I just love anchoring because like I feel like that's something I'm just good at. I know everyone else here would have probably done the same, but, like, I don't know. You just have that mentality to catch that person. Never out of the race. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, Josh, now, how is it, to me, for for a relay, and even when I, I ran the 4 by uh, 8 in high school, I never ran the 4 by 4 um, I would either start or I would finish. What's the, like, it, do you feel like there's a difference, like, that you have to be that that aggressive type of runner because um, even at states and there's times at at tight, tough meets where that opening lap, you know, sometimes you're there's quite a bit of pushing going around in there. You got to jockey a little bit and be aggressive. Well, okay, so for me, I had two different spots. So the four by four, I was the second leg always, and I was comfortable in the second leg. You know, I would always, I'd say I'd always run my race and I'd keep the lead or whatever it was. And then we got to outdoor, and I knew I wanted to lead off for the 4x8 because the season before that, I was leading off. I, I led off at sectionals the season before that and all that stuff. And keep in mind, every year previous to this year, I was not thinking about states. I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember thinking it was a thing. Like, like <laughs> I knew it was, but I never really thought about yeah, it. Yeah, like, I, I didn't even think of it as, like, a thing until, until like, Middle of the indoor season. Well, yeah. COVID canceled it for the last two years. We got to remember that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. And that was last the year there was a track season. There just there wasn't a state meet. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing with leading off in the four by eight. Um, I had let off at every race except, except for like ones that we knew we had in the bag. So we just have someone else lead off. But I would I I knew when we had our A team on, we I would be the lead off because I just every time I had let off, I had ran my best time or whatever it was. Um, and so getting to States, I was like, my start is everything. Like if I don't hand off to them in a good spot, these guys are going to be way too fast. And, and, and so I get in, I like in four by eights, I really didn't get pushed around that much. I'd get pushed around in cross country all the time, but in four, like I get into this race, there's this guy, we start off we we get into like this pack and we, I cut in and we get, I get around the 100 and I cut in and. The guy comes up from behind me and starts pushing me, like, like straight up, like shouldering me. And I'm like, I'm like, what the heck? And everyone in the race, I could tell, everyone was getting pushed. It was a, so, it was the most intense thing I've ever done. Um, and so I get through the first lap in like one minute, um, and I'm like, okay, that's where coach wanted me to be. And I get through. I was in fourth, fifth, or sixth, something like that. And I see everybody like kicking at the same time. I think everyone's running this race just like I was. And so I get in, and it doesn't make any sense. I pass a bunch of people. I get to the final stretch. I'm in second place. I'm like, I'm at second place in states right now. This is insane, but I know I can't push myself anymore. Did you get caught? Um, I, so I had passed five people, six people, you something like that. I, I, no, I got, I got like neck and neck with the guy. The guy was just still sprinting. Like He was still sprinting. There was nothing I could do about it. This kid comes from behind me. And he's gone. Like he ran like a like an insane yeah, first leg. That southwestern kid, mm-hmm. yeah, something yeah, like that. And like... I'm like, how is he doing this? And then like two other people pass me. I'm physically just 
it's if I push any harder, I'm gonna fall over and the race is done. So I'm like I'm moving as fast as possible, and I hand off to Andrew and I'm like that was a really crazy race. I finish. I had never felt worse after a race. <laughs> it was terrible. I had to, I felt like I had to puke for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Like it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And I handed off to them, and I was like, that was insane. That was so fun. What was your leg? I ran, I swear to God, when I crossed the leg, line. Or no, when I, when I handed off to Andrew. It was a 203. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was a 203, 100%. But the time said 204. And the I was splits like, were off. Yeah, 100%, 100% for everybody. I, I was kidding. So I'm, I noticed, so the split said that the kid, the kid who was on the team that we passed, that was in the lead when I got the baton, <laughs> said that he ran... A two hundred one, and I ran a one hundred fifty nine, and then, but then that kid, they they finished three seconds behind us. Yeah, but he was already in front of us by at least a second. So it's impossible that he could. It's, it's, they were off. They're physically impossible that that could happen. Yeah, that was the FAT splits. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the FAT it's very it's it's very accurate for judging more like the end time. The split times can sometimes be a little iffy. At best. That's the first time I've ever seen a split time for a relay. I've never seen, like, the Mm-mm. FAT show the split time on the screen or anything. Yeah. They never did that at Houghton, I don't believe. No, they never did. Uh, they, which they is our just, We'd have to guess what we ran. Yeah. Yeah, I think they did it at Will South, but you guys weren't. You guys yeah, went to the Rush Henrietta. Rush Henrietta. Um, so I think they did it at Will South with the FAT splits, which, again, were... Not horrible off, but a little bit, a little off from the one the splits that uh, we got. But um, yeah, at the at the beginning of the leg, it's the first leg is so different than running the last leg. Like the first leg, again, a lot of it is obviously you want to go out, you want to get as fast of eight hundred time as possible. But you're jockeying for position. You're trying to get yourself where you're not boxed in. You're trying to make sure that you're. Um, you can get out as aggressive, but you don't get out too fast. It's it's a different strategy. Um, I know when I always, um, at the times when I was receiving the uh, baton for the the last lap or the last leg, um, my mentality was just, all right, I either got to chase this guy down or I just got to hold it, and I can't let the guy behind me beat me. Um, and I actually preferred running from behind. Um, there were some times, and it, uh, Sydney and Henry, I know you guys had uh, dealt with this quite a few races where sometimes you get so far ahead when you get that baton that you just, I don't want to say you don't run your race, but it's harder to run your race because you have you have an idea, but sometimes not a very good idea of how far behind they are you, how far you have to push, are they closing the gap? Mm-hmm. Um Talk a little bit about that. Do you guys prefer running from behind, running from in front? Like, what's what's the difference there? Um, I love running from behind so much better. But that's because I, I personally run my own, run other people's races. I never run my own race. Okay, so, so you, you run more of the race that you're, that you're the person that you're going against. Yeah, so during sectionals, when I started way ahead, I... I ran way too slow in the beginning. That's why he almost caught me. I just didn't I didn't know how fast I had to go. But during um I don't even know. Um I I'll bring up the first race in indoor. We were behind by a hundred meters. Now I was able to catch a kid, but I if I was if I was in front by like ten meters, maybe he would have caught me. Like it's just 
you didn't have I, that same sense of urgency. There's just, it's so much different. It's so much better running from behind. Now, maybe that's a soccer thing because I always knew for me, like even I, I played midfield in soccer where I loved catching that player from behind. Or if I knew that they were five, five feet, ten feet, whatever in front of me, or if they had beat me, I, I, I loved getting back. I knew there was no – I'm going to get back in the position. So do you kind of think that, that maybe that's a little bit of a soccer, a soccer trait that you carry over where you love just chasing players down from behind? I think more the doing someone else's thing is more of a soccer thing than like because like I adapt to the team that I'm playing against, but it's not I don't not like the coming from behind thing. Okay, it's just more I I don't it's not Henry's gonna come out and do this, and you're confident he's gonna do this. It's more me thinking what are these guys gonna do because I'm gonna do what they do better. Okay, Sid, how about you? Did, were you more of like uh, did you like running from in front? Did you like running from behind? Well, I. I like enjoy catching people, but I also I hate being behind somebody. Like, you, I mean, you watch any of my races where somebody's even supposed to be compete with me, like in my four hundreds, immediately catch them, and now I'm trying to leave leave them, trying to get them so far behind that they can't catch up. In every single one of my races, like the one mile I ran against West, thought I could lose the kid, so I just ran the fastest first eight hundred I could in a mile, and then. Didn't lose him. Didn't go well. Like it was, uh, it was a fight. And then like, but no matter what, I want to lead. But I like being behind. If that makes any sense. Like I want to be. I want to catch somebody, but I want them to. I want to be in front as long as possible. So, okay. Like, really, like I'd like to be behind somebody. But if I'm starting a race, you're gonna have to keep up. You're gonna have to be able to keep up with me, or you're not gonna be near me. Now, for all of you guys, is that is that like a skill that you guys had to learn? Like. um where almost you had to gauge like your preference, whether you liked running from behind, from in front. Um, did you ever have those moments, like you said, where you're just going to go out and I'm going to, you know, beat the heck out of this guy right off the bat, and next thing you know, you're in a you're in a dogfight with him, or um, is that something that you're coached, or is it something really that you only gain by the experience of running the race? I think it's what you're born with. Well, that's interesting. You think it's what? You think it's just not like like a, like a personality that you're born with, like a uh, personality trait? Competitiveness. Yeah. If you if you're getting in a dogfight with somebody, it, if you're not born with the competitiveness, you're not gonna you're not gonna keep going. You're okay. Just, if that guy's that guy's kicking, you're gonna stop kicking. Okay. If you're not born with it. And that was my problem uh, in track. I prefer to be catching somebody because I would get a, I would get a lead. Like, I'd run a good race, and I'd, I'd get a lead, and I'd be at the end. I'm about to hand off two or, like, one or two people will pass me at the end, and there's, like, nothing I can do. So I prefer to catch somebody because I know where they are. I don't know where anyone else is, but I know where they are. Don't look back. When I'm leading off, I, I, I know there's a, there's a general rule of thumb. Don't look back during your races. Like, just don't do that. Um, and so I never did. So I never, I never had any clue where anyone was. Sometimes people would pass me, sometimes just out of just – instinct i'd start sprinting or something like that and for me i learned that from cross country is you never know where anyone is whenever i was running cross country it always felt like there was nobody near me like i was just running the course by myself like everyone was too far in front everyone was too far behind and when i ran this season in cross country i had started running more competitively with the faster runners and there was always someone chasing me and i was always battling with somebody for the whole three miles and it was so i learned that I much prefer catching somebody because when they don't expect me, I go, I, I'm, I'm gone already. But 
if I'm kicking as fast as I can and there's somebody who I don't expect, they're going to beat me. And that's, like, most of the time what ended up happening. Like, I try my best, but my form goes to shit after, like, five minutes, and it's mm-hmm. bad. And I think there's just something more satisfying catching that person from behind. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they might not even know. In fact, one um, – I only raced against my brother once, and it wasn't, like, a, a race race. It was just – um. Like a regular a regular five uh three mile race, uh I think it was the Lewis and Peach Festival run. Mm-hmm. And um my thing was, you know, I was talking I, I was a trash talker. Mm-hmm. I was talking so much trash and during the race I just remember um I think we were at like the mile and a half, maybe two mile point, and he just comes from behind, literally taps me on the shoulder and just flies by. I'm like, you son of a so it was, but it, you know, it was, it was his thing. I had talked so much trash. I think it was his thing where he just kind of stayed behind me enough. Say, like, all right, I'm going to let him feel good. I'm going to let him think he'll beat me. And then just tap my shoulder. And I think he proceeded to beat me by a good, I don't know, minute, minute and a half, like just destroyed my time. Probably was even more than that. Maybe I'm being a little generous. I'm mm-hmm. trying not to be so hard on myself, but he, he beat me pretty significantly. And it was just, what are you going to do? That well, same kind of thing happened to me, and during our dual meet against NT and cross country, I was, I thought I was going to lead this kid the whole time. Every time there'd be like a sharp turn, I'd look back and he would be, he was gone. And then, with a mile left to go, he sprinted by me and I never saw him again. It was like, it was the craziest thing. When I was um when I was younger in summer track, when I, when they did the eight hundred for the older age groups, I would run and I would just sit behind the guy. I would just sit right behind him. The entire race, last 200, I just take off. It's like, it's just, they don't, they, have, they don't see it coming. They don't know. Yeah. Let them run themselves off. out. And yeah. no, that's, it's, and it's definitely a strategy that you use. Um, now, for you guys, cross country runners, like, what did you, because I know even that year that I ran cross country, I did all right, but I much preferred running on the track. Um, I know there's something like my brother, it was the opposite. He loved, he was much faster on the, on the courses for cross country. When we got on the track, we were much closer. Like, I usually beat him in the 16. Um, he would edge me out in the 32. But did you guys notice um, a difference running on the track as opposed to running cross-country? Or was it just, eh, two miles is two miles. A mile is a mile. doesn't matter where you run it. I mean, once it gets to, like, the mile and stuff, track is way better, I think. But then, like, two mile, I, I don't like the two mile at all. It's too much, like, even on a... Like outdoor track, it's just too much, too many laps. Just too repetitive. Yeah, and like I, I'm never gonna catch me doing a 5k on a track. Yeah, hopefully. I was gonna say that'd be. I would hate it. Josh, how about you? Did you prefer? I know uh, you did cross country one year or two years. Three years. Three years. Um, did you prefer more of the courses for cross country, or did you like running on the track better? The way I see like the difference in running is it's just it's different. Like the training's different and. My mentality is a whole lot different. During a cross-country race, the whole time I'm thinking to myself, why am I doing this? This is horrible, <laughs> and I'm going to quit. And and so it's just like that's me 100% of the time during a 5K. And training for it is very different than training for a mile. I hate the two-mile just like Sydney on a track. It's horrible. just It just sucks. Like if I'm going to do full-on – Distance, I'm going to do a full-on 5K. Like, I'm not going to do – I don't want to do the two mile. and everything. Yeah, I'd rather do a mile. But during on a track, doing two miles, this is too much. I'm going around seeing the same things, and I, I have bad two-mile time. Like, 
like it's just not good. And so, um, like I can run a good mile, but I hate the two mile. And so when it comes to cross country and track, I think of it as two different types of running, um, mentally and physically. Now, when it comes to running, and you guys can share either cross country or track and field stories. Weather always plays a part in it. Did you guys ever any race that you uh, did you ever remember? Just you just get to the course or you get to the track, and the, whether it's raining, whether it's cold, you're just like, ah, this is going to be a long day. Yes, yes. I. Um, <laughs> it was back in ninth grade. The infamous the Pew Wildcat Relays. Ooh, yeah. In the middle or late April, and it's always like forty out, windy, terrible weather. And I remember I was there. The meet was like so long; it was at least six hours long. And I was in only one event, and it was one of the last events. So I sat there all day, just freezing my butt off. And then I actually come. It comes time to do the event, and I get on the track. I have a hoodie on under my uniform, you know. I have, like, everything I can to bundle up, and I run, like, 30 seconds slower than I, my time was supposed to be for the 800. It was the worst race ever. And I'm just like, no, never again. <laughs> like, I just don't want to do this yeah, anymore. It was, it was so bad. I think... I think Josh was here this day. I think it was his first year across country at sectionals. So we get to, we don't we're not at school or anything. There's no indoor areas. It's just our tent and like the porta potties. That's it. We're at Knox Farms. It is snowing out and it is 19 degrees. And this is for sectionals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're there. Never cross country the whole sectionals. Yeah. We're the whole the whole time outside. I didn't even. I wore shorts the whole time. And then like we got the cross country uniforms. I mean, I'd like. I had like things for my legs and arms and stuff, but like it was it was 19 degrees out, completely freezing. I thought my face was gonna freeze off during the race. I remember Justice fell; he was covered in mud. He he <laughs> we didn't wear gloves. I offered him gloves, and he refused to wear gloves. Like it was Did it was actually horrible. I, I swear he probably got frostbite. Is still crying after it? No, he looked like he was about to, but he wasn't. He didn't. His hand, he was looking down at his hands after the he race. Like, I remember I crossed the line. He's looking at his hands, and they they looked. Oh yeah, and I I was I had a horrible race there. Like, so I bad. Running, and there was this kid who was like two feet tall, and he just can't. I don't know where he came from. Is he was just like the whole time I'm racing against him, and this kid's beating me the entire time. And I I think I ended up passing him at the end, but it, it one of the worst races ever. And I never wanted to punch a kid that, so bad in my entire. Life. Well, <laughs> that race I think just there's about another finish. race that's worse for Josh. Any cross country course with mud and his oh shoe God. is non-existent. It's so bad. We we had a couple meets in a row where it was pretty muddy out, and Josh was running, and he just lost his shoe. Re- oh, okay. That happened, wasn't that during the NFL meet this year? It happened yeah. three times over the course of cross country, and it was the spikes that I got. I liked them. They were the same <laughs> color as our uniform, and I was like, this is so sick. I look so good. These spikes sucked. <laughs> they kept coming off. And the first time they came off, I was running a Bond Lake. Me, Andrew, and Sydney were just leading the pack. We, we killed it. We were chilling. We were chilling. It was like a workout. Yeah, essentially. And we get to, like, what is it, the last mile or two? Yeah. It was probably, we were it on the, the uphill. There was less than a mile to go. Like, it just, yeah. So I lose my shoe. The whole group just falls apart after that. So I yeah, lost my shoe. I just, I'm just looking to finish the race. Um, they both beat me. And 
I still have never ran a 19 minute in a 5K. Like I, I, I ran 18, 20, but I never ran 19. I could have done it that day and I lost my shoe. It was so scary. <laughs> you know, I was running. I was running in front of Josh, but he was still kind of close to me. But like, mm-hmm. if I looked back, he would look like a zombie running with like one shoe on. Mm-hmm. I, I was, was genuinely, bad. I was genuinely afraid. It was I bad, ran. and I it was, was the it's the worst cross country race I've ever ran either because it's it's all hills. NFL. We'll talk about no, I'm, I'm talking about like when it comes to terrain, like. No, when you when you lost your shoe and like couldn't finish it. Yeah, we're getting there, and so talk about that. So for when we get to when we get to Bond Lake, it's this hilly course, like it's all hills. It's the worst terrain ever. Um, and I lost my shoe; it just came clean off. And so I ran and I finished. It was I didn't finish that bad, but I was just annoyed. And then I get to NFLs. Could have won NFLs if I had finished the race, but I couldn't because in the first. 400 meters or something like that of the race, I lose my right shoe, I want to say. get stuck in the mud. I taped it. I did everything I could. I, like, triple knotted it. I taped it. Everything. It comes right off. Like, it was nothing. And so I brought, I, I'm still leading the pack for, like, the first mile and, like, a little more. And we get back out to, like, where everybody is. And right is about we're going back into the woods. And I'm running. And I'm starting to lose it. Like, I, I had had my first kick and i was doing really good with that without my left shoe but it was starting to hurt because we had just gone through the woods and i had stepped in this you guys remember the pool of water yeah it was mud. like like 20 feet long of just like this deep water mm-hmm. it's not fun. and my foot was frozen like it was it was i was like i can't do this and so i started to slow down a ton andrew passed me right as before we got out of the woods and so i get in and my right my left shoe or i don't remember i don't remember which in order which shoe came off but it ended up coming off so I get, I, we get as we're about to go right back into the woods, and I lose it. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't run on this, or I'm going to get hurt, or something like that. And I couldn't finish the race. The race ended up stopping, and we lost NFLs because I didn't run. And, I mean, it, unfortunately, it is what it is, but that's, I mean, even just going, because I remember Coach Mativier was telling me about that, even just going that far with one shoe off, and then, I mean, once you lose the second one, it's like there's there's no going there, back. It there's was, no for going. Uh, for future advice, you gotta put it back on. <laughs> if you got less than a mile to go, you finish your race. If you got more than a mile, you put it back on. Yeah, and it's but I mean, there are times though too where and I've I've lost a shoe and it stinks, and like like you know, Sydney said, sometimes you just gotta stop, put it back on. All right, you're you're probably gonna lose ten, fifteen, twenty seconds, whatever, but. but it's better than, you know... Probably lose more without it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, at that point, you ran probably, what, two miles with just one... With just my right shoe. Yeah. And the whole time, it was just agony. Like I was. Oh, for I, sure. I, we were, there's part of the race that's on concrete, and my left oh. foot just hitting it. I'm losing the skin on the bottom of my foot. That's the Oh, worst. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at that point, you're talking, you can do, you know, some significant damage, mm-hmm. too. And that's what I was worried about, so I stopped the race. I should have finished. I should have got one back and picked it up, but I had no clue where it was. Mm-hmm. No, at that point, once you've gone that far, I mean... Yeah, if you don't think about it immediately, it's done. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you find the shoe afterward? Yeah, they ended up... They take the shoes off the courses. Okay. Um, and they ended up getting it back, but... One of the shoes got lost so far in the mud, it, like, disappeared. And so I... Because, like, I saw it. My foot was fully under the mud. <laughs> <laughs> So it just got enveloped and just. Yeah. It was just so bad. Like I couldn't. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't run anymore. And um, I ended up just being so unbelievably fatigued. I just couldn't run it anymore. And 
we lost in the finals, and it was it was very sad because we we could have won it, and I just couldn't do it because my spikes were horrible. You know, I just think Josh was embarrassed. I was about to pass him. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, that's where as a teammate, you take off one of your shoe, you give it over to Josh, be like, here, buddy, have mine. <laughs> All right, as we, uh, we we lost Henry here, he has uh, places to go, people to see. I guess. Um, I was to say, does he have like a soccer game or something he, tonight? He has a dinner. Dinner? Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, he's <laughs> got to eat. He's an important man. Um, we're going to uh, start getting to our hot seat segment here. So, gentlemen, how our hot seat works is we're going to have five questions. Um, so somebody will have to come up with a second one since Henry left. But, again, it could be about anything. And I'm going to kick it off here. Um, and I'm going to give you guys a bit of a tough one. Now, in, in track and field, we have uh, – there's several. most teams have several coaches. For us, we've got five. We've got myself, Coach Mativier, Coach Brunger, Coach Marconi, and Coach Norton. So, gentlemen um, – each one of you going down the list of coaches. You guys can either do this individually or collaborative. If you could describe each coach with one word or one phrase, one sentence, how would you describe each coach for track and field? I have one for Dan. Okay. Child. <laughs> oh, child. Care to, care to describe or uh, elaborate on that? I don't know. He just gives me like he he gets along with everyone kind of vibes, but he does have that like childish vibe. It's not a bad thing. No, it's absolutely. Really funny though, but he, like we got him a coach's gift this year, and you know, believe it or not, the first thing we picked up for him was a pink shovel that was about three feet long, <laughs> and we're like, "Oh, Dan would love this." You know, he could play with it in the sand pits. <laughs> absolutely. And then the second thing we got him was like a pink flamingo uh, bubble gun, <laughs> and we're just like, "Oh." That's totally dance, you know, style. Absolutely. Very knowledgeable. He does more of the sprinters and the jumpers. Very knowledgeable. But like you said, he's he can relate to the kids. He can relate to the athletes, to you guys. And he, he's not afraid to to be that playful coach. Yes. All right. Um, Sid, do we think that's uh, that's pretty dead on with Dan? I don't know. I don't know if I would disrespect him like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Sid, if you had one word to describe Dan, we'll stay with Dan for, for now. What one word or phrase... Would you use to describe Dan? Like, uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to use one word. <laughs> Something like this. Um, Could be a phrase or a sentence. Few words. He's like some. He's like someone who just got out of college. I feel like I wouldn't <laughs> say child, but like okay, college. youthful, youthful, yeah, youthful for sure. Okay. I would not say child though. <laughs> well, you know. But youthful, childish, still, still has his, uh, still has his. Uh, he can still relate to the younger generation there. All right. Yeah. Um, Josh, what do you think about Coach Norton? I, I've had Norton since I did summer track uh, with him, and I remember always just, like, thinking he was hilarious. Like, Dan Dan always had the best demeanor at meets, um, and he would always be, you know, he would joke around and stuff like that, and he'd be like, look at that person, or like, because like, their hair is big or something like that. <laughs> uh, but when it comes down to it, like after the race or even before it, if we're really nervous, he gets down and serious. Like he's like, like I remember at suction, I was very nervous because I didn't want to run the 400 hurdles, but I wanted to still. And so he had talked him down to it. He was like, he was like, you're going to do the hurdles, like no matter what you're doing, because you're going to regret it if you don't. Mm-hmm. And so I did it, and it ended up being fine. And so, but the point is, is he would always... 
like after a 400 that I ran, I think I ran like a 55. It was like my first 55. He's like, that's the best 400 I think I've ever seen you see, seen you run because you looked consistent the whole time. And he gets serious when he needs to, but at practice and stuff like that, it's like his whole thing is, well, if you don't want to do the workout, don't do the workout. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really have one word for him. He's a pretty uh, chill. He's he's chill. He's all over the place, kind of. And but he, like I said, when he eats. When it's necessary, he gets down into business, and he's very good. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, what coach uh, do you guys want to go to next? We got Brunger, myself, Mativier, and Marconi. Mativier. Mativier. I say a word for him is just driven. It's um, it's just okay. kind of like as a coach and as he would have been as an athlete. Like when he was an athlete, I'd say he probably was really driven back then. But as a coach, it's different. Like he's driven for the whole team. Like, for the 4 by and the 4 by 4 After we lost the 4 by 4 at sectionals, you know, we were all really sad. But he had said, we're going to get you to the States. We're doing it one way or another. We're getting to States. And he put in the work. He had us put in the work. And no matter what it was, you know, if one of us wasn't feeling good, it was always better not to do the workout, the rest of the workout, instead of doing it and then getting hurt. Um, and the next time, we'd just go twice as hard. And so I'd say... For me, having him as a coach all my years in every sport that I've, like, ran in... He's just very he's, – he's got goals for us. We have goals for us, and it's always the same states. Absolutely. Me and Andrew's goal, Sydney's goal, and Henry's goal. But me and Andrew, it was our last year to do it, and we really wanted it. And he led the way, I'd say, when it comes to coaching and all that stuff. Absolutely. Driven, driven um, determined, and just focused. Like when he knows – when he has a game plan, whether it's practice, whether it's a meet uh, strategy, he – knows how to get you guys to run it. He knows how to get you guys prepared for it. So, absolutely. Uh, Andrew, Sydney, what do you think? Pretty pretty good there for Uh Yeah. I mean, you know, he has all those good qualities, but he also gives me, like, a living computer kind of vibe. <laughs> like, I feel like anything I can ask him about, he's like Google, you know? Or he'll just, you know, we'll he's be that running, professor. right? And he told me one day, he's like, I count all of my steps when we run. I was like, what? He's like, we'll, we'll be running in indoors, and he'll know exactly how many steps one lap is. And then he'll be able to tell us what our time was from that. And stuff like that, <laughs> I'm just like, this Very guy definitely has like a oh, absolutely at his house and like is developing the cure to cancer when, like, on his free time. It's, it's, it's cool, though. Yeah. You know, I love, I love Coach. He's funny. Absolutely. And he does have, I feel like especially this year, he's he's – was more comfortable having that personality, like yeah. more, that sense of humor. So, he's no, finally, absolutely. He's finally grown on us. <laughs> <laughs> Very knowledgeable, too. I've learned, he's another coach that I've learned a lot uh, just with working with him now. I, he was telling me, I think it's his seventh or eighth year. Like, I didn't even realize he was, It's it's been that long. Don't tell him that. No. He <laughs> <laughs> realized because um, all years of his coaching, he's coached an alderman, and he said it at States. I didn't realize this, but next year will be my first year without coaching an alderman. I was going to say, I I think that – I was thinking that too because I think your brother's first year – your brother ran as a, as a seventh grader, right? Yeah, he started in seventh grade. And he – in ninth grade was 53 seconds. My – like the same – I ran the same PR this okay. season. Yeah. It was really fast. And you also had a sister who ran as well. She was right? also – yeah, she did – she liked cross country more, I think. Yeah. Um, bottom line is I always wanted to run just because of my sister and my brother. And, Absolutely. Um, Connor was a very good athlete. He was just burdened by injury. This is a problem. He just kept get he kept getting injured. Like he did football. He was very he was just good at a lot of stuff. 
And yeah. He got very hurt. Um, and I, part of it, I just think it was the training and stuff like that was a whole lot different back then than it was now. Oh, for sure. I feel like uh, we've learned a lot. Coaches have learned a lot. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we've when dealing with a, an athlete that gets injured with our training methods, unfortunately, that's the only reason that, you know, how we learn to adapt and, and come up with new methods. No, yeah. All right. So we're going, let's see. Uh, what about Coach Brunger? Coach Brunger. I was going to say, Josh, I know you worked with him a lot for hurdles and pole vault. Uh, Sid for pole vault. What would you, how would you describe Coach Brunger? He's very know, wise. He's like, yeah, he he will. He helps a lot, but he's also like he. A lot of what he does, he he'll give you like an option. He'll be like, "You got to do this. I don't care how you get to this." Like I'll ask him, and he'll be like, "As long I'll ask him like if I should move my." Like, my like hand grip up or like step back more, and it'll be like, yeah, you just gotta do this. If it if it takes that to do it, I don't know how to like describe what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think Very he. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I think he 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 gives you the advice, but he also trusts you guys to figure out how to use to it, figure out how to use it and yeah. to make the right decision. Yeah, he he puts a lot of trust in his athletes. Um, but again, I think definitely he's one of those coaches where you could tell him to go out and coach hurdles, coach steeplechase, coach throwers, coach sprinters, distance. Anything. He has he's, so much experience he's, his belt. Absolutely. He's been coaching, what, since like the 80s or something like that? Uh, we had him on one of the episodes. I think he said he started in 1976, oh, 77. Coaching, wow. Uh, for coaching. Yeah, he has been coaching um, forever. And he's, That's crazy. he's uh, again, another coach that I have learned tremendous, tremendous amount um thankfully he was there i mean this would be my 11th year at east and he's been there from day one whether it's been an assistant or on the staff um he's been outstanding all right um coach marconi and it's funny because the second i said coach marconi andrew started laughing but everybody else has that smile on their face um i'll start off i think she just sunshine like she just yeah. brings the the enthusiasm. I know there's been times I've come in and and been a little grouchy at practice or whatever. For some reason, within five minutes of talking to her or whatever, even if I don't want to, she'll get the smile on the face. Like just she just she's that cheery coach. Oh my god! Like just she she just she's very knowledgeable as well, but she's there to lift everybody's spirit like just positivity mm-hmm. all right and me <laughs> boxing coach 100 it's the fedoras and like just kind of like the way you talk about it is you're like you got this kid and like you got like you just remind me of uh what's it what's his name um rocky when he's coaching creed okay got the fedora and he's like just go in there. You got this, kid. <laughs> I remember I talk about it. I talk with you about my times, and you're like, "Yeah, you'll get that time down 100." percent You know, all you gotta do is train, and you'd come and you talk to me about it. And I don't know. It's just I always get the boxing, like, coach okay. that like the stereotypical guy who's just like, you know, your voice is raspy, but like you're still like, you're down to the point, and it's very specific, and it's you'd always know what to say when it came to like having a mental problem with it or yeah, a physical like, problem with it. I feel like. You always know how to how to say something good about 
everything. Like you always figure out how to not say the bad of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody did bad, if we like when, like with the Williamsville four by four when we lost, you said you didn't say anything bad about it. Like you were you were all positive about it. I feel like that's I don't know how you would describe that, but okay. You look for the best in everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I would think. When I, like, first met you, I thought you were, like, this big, like, super tough, you know, brawny guy, and I was, like, kind of a little intimidated, but I kind of realized, like, you know, you give off that appearance, but you also have a soft spot, so, you you know, you can be, like, intimidating at first, but then you also are very, like, you know, approachable and very nice when it comes down to it. The best example I can give is always the first week of track practice. I always notice... You always raise your voice. You're always a little louder to kind of put people in place mm-hmm. to kind of like show them like, oh, this is what I could be if, you know, you get on my bad side. But then for the rest of the season, you're super awesome and chill. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, this, this guy like kind of like a rocky figure, but he also has like that soft spot where he can get along with everyone. Yeah. I'll say Andrew figured out my uh, figured out my <laughs> tactic there. Start off the first couple of weeks, you know, get that tough, that rubble, and then just Slowly, ease it off a little yeah. bit. Okay. All right. Seems to work well. Absolutely. All right. Who's got the second question? We're we're gonna we're gonna call that first question one and two. So we'll have you guys each come up with a question, um, and then we'll wrap it up. So question three. All right. Who's coming up with it? Uh, Don't all jump in there at once. There, there's one event that any of you guys could do. Only that event. Like for your whole trackers, like okay. Week. So only focus on one event. If like you had restarted your, this is hard. You restarted in like seventh eighth grade. You only got to do one event. Ooh, I like that. This is hard for me because this year alone, I qualified in sectionals for like six different events. I was gonna say because I'm like I told coach this year I'm like, if we focus on the pentathlon, as a seventh grader I probably would be amazing right now, right? Because I, I love I love Can't doing do a lot of different events, which is really hard, but. You know, ever since I was a seventh grader, the one event that I always, you know, was stuck close to was the 400 meter. So okay. if it was a running event, I would have to go whatever hit close to home, and that was a 400. You know, it was always the most enjoyable to me, but it also was very satisfying. But I'm realizing as I'm getting more into jumping events, I'm really enjoying the long jump and the triple jump. So, like, if I started that earlier... In my like track career, I might actually be focusing more on that. But I think it would be the 400. 400? Yeah. Okay. For me, I'd say the 16. I mean, I like the 32. Um, in high school, I was 32, 16, and the 4x8 relay. I never had any interest in doing any field events. Uh, it's funny now That's that I coach the throwers. Yeah. Um, and I tell them all that – all uh, I've never thrown a shot put in a competition ever or discus. Um, but for me, if I could go back and do it, I'd say probably the 16. I know it kind of seems a little lame, but we'll say the 16. Be close to what I would say, too. I'd like to say the 16 because I had a pretty good career in it. But um, I actually, you know, I, it's, it's just what I focused on mostly the last two years was 400 hurdles. Um, I was Coach tells me has told me a few times that he would have started me in 400 hurdles in my sophomore year, unfortunately, I never came to that. Yeah, I didn't end up getting through it. So, 
Like, unfortunately, I, I got, not unfortunately, like, it was a good time. Like, I ran a one-minute flat in the 400 hurdles. Like, that's, that's a pretty good time, I'd say. But I really wanted to break a minute in it. And um, I think if I had a little more, like, another year of experience with it, I would have 100%. Like, I would have had more speed. I would have just had more. I would have been better with the form and the consistency of it. Because, honestly, I think if I had had that third year, I would have been a pretty good competitor for um, the guy who went to stage for the 400 hurdles this season. But Absolutely. I would say if I that's the only event I ever did at every meet, 400 hurdles, 100%. Okay. And Sid, what did you end up saying, the 16 or? <coughs> the 1,000. The 1,000 in indoor? Yep. I've always had my favorite race. It's like, I mean, the 800 would be fine too, but the 1,000 is just perfect amount. It's like you had to actually have endurance, so I can't just get like out-sprinted by somebody or like have a bad start, but it's also like, you have you can't just be some kid who can run forever. You have to actually have the speed and ability. It's, a, in my opinion, the best mix of both. I agree. Now I know. That it, do you notice a difference between the eight and the thousand, or is it just like, eh, whatever? It's an well, extra two hundred meters. Or what happens is like the thousand is like like my my ability in my like my thousand ends up being as I can run my thousand like I ran eight hundred the season before, and then my eight hundred is just significantly faster than the thousand sprinting like <coughs> speed wise like for my my because my pr in the 800 my 10th grade year it was it was like 206 207 then i could do that in my thousand like it's it's a it's a mix oh it's a good like it's a good transition between both but i don't know you gotta run it barely slower you gotta run a really good 800 in, in your thousand to have a good time okay very nice. All right, so that was a good. I like that question. That was a good question um, from Sydney. So Andrew, Josh, who's going in with the next question? Again, it could be about anything. Got it. Okay. So if you were to have one dream job, no matter how crazy it was or anything, what would it be and why? Dream I can, I can job. Start off. All right, go ahead. What do you got? Um, ever since I was a kid, I always thought skydiving was the coolest thing ever. Um, I, I still want to go. It's on my bucket list. You know, jumping out of an airplane sounds like the coolest thing ever. And it gives you, like, the biggest thrill of your life. And ever since then, I've always just wanted to be a skydiving instructor. Because imagine being able to just skydive for your job and jump out of planes, you know, do cool tricks in the air, be able to parachute all over the place. I think that would be super awesome. And, um, you know, it's a really good thrill. And I'd love to see, like, I'd love to be one of those people that have to be strapped to the newbies and see them, like, pass out midair and, like, freak out as we're jumping out of the plane. I think that'd be really funny, you know? So that that's probably what my dream job would be. It might not be, like, the most lucrative job, but, you know, it would still be cool. I like it. Absolutely. That would be, I did skydiving once. Man, that was the best rush ever. Really? I did it. Um, in fact, my wife... Uh, bought it, uh, took me skydiving or probably going on four or five years ago, maybe longer. It was exciting, but I'm not going to lie on the way down. Like I was as white as a ghost. Like she even looked like on the way home. She's like, are you okay? Like, I'm like, no, I'm fine. She's like, did you enjoy it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you look like you're going to die. <laughs> Cause I hate heights. You put me on like a 10 foot ladder and I'm shaking like a leaf. Oh, I love heights. But I, I skydiving was by far the best thing. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, my job, I'm not going skydiving, uh, or a skydiving instructor, but, uh, 
I was, I'd love to do sports broadcasting or even yeah. just like do the uh, sports announcing, like whether it's for football, soccer. I, that was always my uh, dream job. I thought that'd be, that'd be really cool to eventually get into, which is kind of, I guess, why I got into spot, uh, podcasting. But So that's mine. Everyone like talk with like Stephanie Smith and all of them. Absolutely, that would be the coolest thing ever. Absolutely. Um, all right, Josh, what do you got? I didn't like football until this year, but I'd, I'd want to be an NFL football player. That'd be pretty cool. Um, just because a lot of them seem like it's just like you know they've made it, but they keep working hard. And well, number one, they're so rich, and um, <laughs> number two, they they're doing what they love. Most of them are playing football because they. They made it, and they were good enough to go, but they just love it. And it's just a matter of just – because, like, whenever I catch a ball – like, I never played football in high school and stuff like that, but whenever, like, I catch a ball as inconsistently as it is, um, I'm always like, yeah, that was really cool. Like, I wish I could be, like, a slot receiver or something like that. But, yeah, that would probably be one of my – if I had to wish for something, like, from a genie, I'd be like – NFL football player, make me that right now. And think, they have, like, entire games based off the NFL. Like, you could be on a video game that people are playing and trying to get. Yeah, I know, right? People are trying to, like, get your poster or this and that. Alderman football. Yeah, I know, (laughs) something like that, yeah. Yeah, this just seems really interesting to me. The broadcaster in it could be Monahan. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? You guys could start something. That's right. All right, Sid, what about you? Dream job. It would be, like, like, professional, like, track runner. Okay. like if I couldn't do that, like exploring and stuff like that, like yeah, um, discovering like yes. new animals and stuff like that. Okay, it's so almost like a like a naturist type of deal. Yeah, something like that. All right, very cool. That is so cool. I could definitely see that. Um, even like a park ranger or something like that. Yeah, I mean, or just like would be... just like going around the world, kind of stuff. Yeah, like going like to different places that like aren't really like explored by humans. Or okay. That are like rainforest and stuff. What's your first stop? Then? things. Amazon. Amazon. Yes. Uh, too many bugs for me. <laughs> I you put like, you just ignore the bugs. You gotta <laughs> find like the, the anacondas and stuff. Okay. Yeah, Sydney loves animals. Yeah. He has at least a hundred animals in his That's house at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my second job. One hundred percent. It's nature and stuff like that. Being able to travel the world for your job sounds like the best thing ever. It's not even, I mean, I Absolutely. I actually wouldn't care that much for traveling the world. It would be about finding new the things that are in the different yeah. areas. I'd care less about yeah, going discovery. to Paris. Absolutely. You know what? I'm going to switch mine. Sydney's got me thinking here. I want to be like, well, you know how they have those shows where you travel from like all around the country or all around the world, like trying different foods and this oh, and that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Like, uh, was it? Guy Fieri. Like Guy Fieri, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, I think he had one. Like that, that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Just all right. Food all day. Making six figures, just getting fat. Absolutely. <laughs> just getting paid to travel around the world, and eating the best foods, eating whatever you want. And yeah. people take your opinion as fact. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Guy Fieri said this was bad. I'm never touching it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Josh, bring us home. What do you got for the final question here? I tell you, what was your most successful like point in your track career like season wise okay like you'd say and for me like your best race for me it was this indoor season like that's when i felt on top of a lot of people get close to that mic we want to hear that (laughs) i felt on like very um not dominant but i felt like i that's where i really started getting fast um and 
it pushed me like I felt so on just on top of the world when it came to running like I was like the mile that I ran against Sydney or um just the fact of being like the fastest four by four in western New York like that was really cool um um but when it comes to like a specific meet I'd say an outdoor was our last dual meet against Ken Marwise which is when I ran that 400 um my last the part of the reason I got into track was because Connor was so good at the 400 um my, my Connor my brother and he ran 53 in freshman year and he always just consistently ran that and so I got into I got into this 400 I was really nervous there was a lot of talk about because I was racing our alternate for states Dylan um oh, yeah the one in west um yeah the one in west and uh Everyone was like, because he had a faster time than me at the time. It was, you know, it was faster than me by like a millisecond. And everyone was like talking about it, like who's going to beat who. Big dude. And my, I was so nervous. And so I had a conversation with my mom and she was like, you just need to run for fun. (laughs) The week before that was Rush Henrietta. And I was having such a a bad meet. I was just, well, for me at least, because I was just so mentally out. I was so nervous. I wasn't hitting anything that I wanted to. Um... And it was just a bad meet. But so that night, my mom had talked me into it, just remembering that I'm doing track and field for fun. And that's what I did at, at Kemore West. I just, the gun went off. I was out of the gates. Like, I was in third lane. Dylan was in, like, fifth. And we both started off. We killed West. Like, like we, we just kind of, we beat them by As a lot. As you should. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so we get As we usually the, do. Yep. So I get past the 200, and I'm moving. Like, I was running. I ran, like, a 24 first 200. I had to have. And so I finished. I ran. And I remember crossing the finish line. No clue what the time was. My goal was just to run a fast 54 second. And then I ended up running a 53.3 second, which is faster than Connor's, which is, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what. But he, I remember him saying, he was like, you beat me. You beat my time. And I remember just the one of the best moments in my track career was that moment just because it was utter joy utter joy i had been it is something that was a long time coming something i had wanted so bad and i finally got it and that was the goal for it so my track career was over i didn't care like i cared if i went to the states but it wasn't a huge deal if i didn't the rest of it like my dad says i don't i don't understand it but he says the rest is all gravy and so <laughs> Thank you. I use that i use that thank you mr alderman cuz i use that line so many times and any Anytime I'll say, like, like, listen, the rest is gravy, or it's all – kids will look at me like – ask Aaron and Jess. They'll look at me like, what do you mean gravy? Like, do you like gravy? Like, why is it gravy? I'm like, you guys never heard – like, it's that's a saying. It's just everything is extra. It's bonus. It's it's all gravy after that. You PR, that's cool. Everything else is gravy. I'm going to use that for now on. <laughs> <laughs> Every time uh, Aaron and Jess, who came on the show a couple weeks ago, they just look at me like, coach, nobody says that anymore. <laughs> So thank you, Mr. Alderman. Um, I'm going to take a different approach from Josh. He was taking more of like the end of the season. I ended off on a good note. I'm going to take it more of a when I first started track. Uh, it was my earlier years. I was in ninth grade, and I got thrown into a highly stressful situation. This was my first time I had a lot of expectations. Um, so it was actually Josh's brother, Connor Alderman. Unfortunately, he got injured. And he wasn't able to compete in our sectional championship um, at the end of the season. And I was just new to running. You know, I was finally being able to get that competitive edge. And they threw me in the 4 by 400 meter relay as a freshman with a bunch of seniors who were running like 50 seconds. And we were expected to patch and get top four. So 
I was super, super nervous the entire week because I felt like this race was whether was on me, whether I could run fast or not. And, um, you know, by the end of the race, I ended up PRing by three seconds. I ran a really fast time and we were able to get that fourth place patch. And I realized like, wow, this is the most surreal feeling ever. I was able to do something I never thought I could do. Um, that kind of like started off my, uh, you know, track career and like the successes I'll see in the future. And it was definitely one of the brightest memories I've had, you know, just being able to start it off that way with such a good memory um, rather than something like negative happening or us not winning. So I definitely say that's my greatest memory. Absolutely. Um, Sid, what about you? I would say at the end of the indoor season with my thousand estates, because the whole season was, I mean, it started off, I started off my first race. I was just as good as before and then just kept getting better and better. End of the season, like just got significantly better. And then once I made it to States and that, that thousand, it was, it got me like third all time on our record boards. Like it was, it was the best, probably the best moment just because the way everything got there, it was just how to end the season, the best possible way. Beautiful. For me, this year, um, I mean, I've had a couple NFL champions, uh, whether it's been shot put or discus, but this year um, to have Aaron Patch, uh, fourth place finish at sectionals, um, not only that, but I had uh, not only did Aaron Patch, but Jess and Anjali uh, made it for discus, and Ryan Fink as well made it for discus. Um, so for me, this was having four of my throwers um go for shot and discus for throwing events was awesome to see. And not only that, but just to see uh, where they came from um, and the growth. I know Aaron and Jess have been doing it now for four years. Uh, Anjali for two. Uh, Ryan, I think this is his third year. It's been awesome to see where they started from and where they finished. So for me, that that was definitely a highlight that I'm going to take with me for a, a long, long time. And when you're old as I am, you've got a lot of highlights and a lot of lowlights. Aw, you do so, have a soft spot. <laughs> I, I, I do. And I'm still, that. I'm still saying that I didn't cry during the uh, banquet, but that's, <laughs> I, I wasn't hiding anything under the, the sunglasses. But. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you guys so much um, for coming out. I hope you guys, what would you guys think? First podcast, what did you guys think? I want to do another one. Loved it. I got to do more. <laughs> Absolutely. And listen, if you guys have any ideas that you want to join the podcast precinct, you know, Come up with your own one. We can definitely get you. I think all three of you guys, all four of you guys, can have a, a, a little podcast show here. That would be great. Could be uh, devoted to running. We, we need some running podcast shows here. But, um, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming on. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at Stories from the Sidelines. And we will see you guys next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines.